The Windows Media Stream for the live broadcast of The Chris Perillo Show is provided by Limelight Networks. Listen to the live Chris Perillo Show in Windows Media Player. Download the latest version of the player for Mac and Windows users at Microsoft.com slash Windows Media. Hi, Dave. Your eye, your eye is... Well, that was quick. Yeah, well, there was no mine. So you haven't eaten anything yet? No, but I'm not going to starve. You don't have to worry. <laughs> so are, are, do you have a certain goal that you want to meet with all the uh, the dieting. careful planning of dieting? Yeah, Yeah, I want to make it through my normal lifespan. <laughs> Which is, you're going to live till about 97, 98? Yeah, there's not much chance of that, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, you never know. No, I'm not going to live to be 97, but, you That's know, it, I'd like to, you know, I just want to be around for a while. <laughs> Well, we want you to be around for a while, too. Yeah, good. I appreciate that. Well, cause other... and, and vice versa. Well, hopefully. We'll... Yeah, well, you got a lot longer. Well, whatever. Never mind. That's getting morbid. <laughs> I mean, my goal is really simple, basically. I want to be healthy, and, you know, I got, you know, I keep the doctors sort of, you know, they've got something for me to do all the time. This <laughs> is what they want me to do now. So. so is this a customized Weiner plan? Yeah, no. Um... Basically, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, going for more veggies and fish and uh, salads and less, um, you know, less starch, no sugar, uh, you know, kind of Atkins, but I'm allowed to get off, you know. Atkins isn't really the right diet for me anyway, but, uh, yeah. You just got to keep working until you find the, the one that fits your groove. Well, you know, I've done it before, and unfortunately, the last time I did it, uh, lost like just a huge amount of weight. I did it by eating tons of carbohydrates and uh, almost no fat, and uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, that is not a very healthy way to eat for a guy like me. And I didn't know that. In fact, they didn't know it then either. So medicine is moving forward, right in our lifetime, real time. Oh, I'm not surprised. You can read the paper one day, and it'll tell you that a certain food is bad for you, and then the next yeah. day they'll say just the opposite. Yeah, tomorrow they're going to tell us all to start smoking. You know, they've discovered that <laughs> smokers live longer. <laughs> God, that's kind of scary. That'll be, and that'll make the last three years seem like a complete utter waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think there's a danger of that happening. Yeah, I don't think so either. Unless... So you quit smoking three years ago? Three years ago on. June 14th, two years ago, yeah. Wow, so Almost exactly three years. That's Ponzi, awesome. Ponzi quit smoking right around the time that we met. About a year and a half ago. So. Yeah. It's not as hard as they say it is. Oh, it was hard for me. Yeah, the first week's <laughs> hard. That's what I've discovered. And so, Chris, you sort of put down the, uh, the law on that one. Huh? Well, I no, think... actually not, yeah. I wasn't too demanding about that, but I did indicate that I... Didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't like it or that I I'm... could never I could never date anybody that smoked. It wouldn't work. Did you say that when you were smoking? No, I would never date somebody who didn't smoke. <laughs> That's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, well, because I didn't want anybody telling you know, it was I know. the classic addict enabler thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't want anybody telling me that I couldn't smoke, you know. Is that kinda like only linking to websites that have RSS feeds? Well, yeah. <laughs> no, that's over. We're not worried about that one anymore. No, I mean, RSS has, has rules the world now. I mean, it seems to have gained proliferation. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't worry about about RSS anymore. So are you I, gonna... until a year ago, I did, but not not anymore. 
Sounds like you're in your car. Are you going to take us for a spin? No. No. Oh. No. But are we recording now? <laughs> oh, we could be. Oh, we should be. Oh, we are. Uh, we are. We are. Don't let him fool oh, you. Oh, we are. Okay, good. <laughs> Don't let him fool you there. Dang it. <laughs> All right. Jeez. Well, I tried to slip so, in under the radar there. I could I could take you to the beach if you want. I'm like about like five minutes away from the Atlantic right now. You could probably so, just blow into the the, uh, the the mouthpiece of the cell phone and it would sound just like the ocean. Yeah. Well, I can't really do it because it's high tide right now. Oh. There's not a whole lot of beach at high tide, actually. So, so how hot yeah. is it there? How what? How hot is it today there? Not that hot. Right now it's 82 degrees. Uh, <sighs> the high today was probably around 90. No, wait a second. Uh, where are you living again now? In Florida, Florida. northeast Florida. Yeah. Is this where you're thinking you're going to live for the long haul, or are you still searching for a city? Well, I'm... <laughs> that's an interesting... Uh, <laughs> Did I just throw Dave for a loop? <laughs> <laughs> you just bumped me there. Uh... I don't know. I mean, I'm going to go traveling uh, July and August for sure. Uh, uh, this is not the, a great time of year to be here because this is like high tourist season and it just gets really packed. I mean, you can see like Muggy. it was just this last week, the place just totally filled up. And, you know, and aside from that, the weather is good in, you know, the rest of the country and, and the whole northern hemisphere. So it's a great time to travel. So. You know, I'm gonna go, you know, all over the U.S. in July, and uh, I want to go to Europe in August. So. Are you gonna hit every McDonald's along the way? Nah. Well, you know what? Because the Wi-Fi is that which. Yep. Thinking? Yep. Yeah. Um, well, I hope not. Actually, I canceled my Wayport, which is the you know service that they have at McDonald's, because uh, I wasn't using it at all. And, and they have um, bad food. And the food's really bad. Exactly. <laughs> Although their iced tea is good. And, you know, for when you're driving long distances, you need to get your source of caffeine. And they really do it. People don't believe me that I wasn't going for my quarter pounders with cheese. But I really honestly was just going for iced tea. But, um, but you know, in the last year, this is kind of interesting. Um, in the last year, Internet access has become pretty much ubiquitous. It's gone from being non-existent. To being, you really don't have to fight to find it. It's, uh, um, I was sitting in a Denny's uh, a couple of days ago and just thought, okay, let's pull out the laptop and see, you know, what's going on. And, uh, sure enough, great, what free Wi Fi signal right there. And, uh, at you know, Denny's? Was, That's funny. At Denny's in Nowheresville, nowhere. Wow. I mean, really deep in the, in redneck country, you know, not a place where you would think that there would be Wi Fi, but Wi Fi is pretty, yeah, you know, it's incredible rate of adoption. And, you know, it's two years ago, like in March of 2003, I drove from California to, to Boston mm-hmm. and uh, went without Internet access for most of that trip. Just really couldn't find it anywhere. And uh, That's worse were, than quitting smoking. Yeah, it's pretty tough. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and that was actually pretty soon after I quit smoking, too. So it was oh, actually, geez. I had was my double. doubts as to whether I could actually pull off a long distance drive like that without, you know, a cigarette. But I did it. But today, you'd have no trouble. You'd find it at every truck stop, uh, every hotel, um, you know, lots of restaurants have it. It's getting pretty, pretty easy to find. Are you finding more restaurants having free access or paid access? Um, well, you know, uh, Let's see. I did it recently in airports, um, like Orlando Airport, for example, has free Wi-Fi. 
uh, Jacksonville Airport does not. So those are my two airports. Uh, Orlando now, you know. Um, uh, it's hit or miss. I mean, you know, Starbucks is always a good fallback, but they don't have Starbucks everywhere. Right. And Starbucks, there I have paid the monthly fee, and so I can have unlimited access to Starbucks. Okay, uh, so Unfortunately, wait. most of the country doesn't have Starbucks. Then, right. You know. Coming from Seattle or the Bay Area or any city on the East Coast, you would think that Starbucks is ubiquitous, but it's not. It's, it's not. It doesn't penetrate, you know, rural United States. You know, okay, but. so can I move this conversation away from tech stuff? No. And, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Come on. When you can try. Okay, so it. here's the big question. When you go on this trip around yeah. the United States and Europe, are you taking some hot, really smart babe with you? Uh, I'd love to. Do you know any? <laughs> She's taken, Dave. Hands off. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, no, that would be great. You know, like you know, if you know any, let me know. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it 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 is nice to travel with people with a, with a you know with a girlfriend. It's great. But uh, no, I'll be doing this. I'll be batching it. Oh, so that means you can have a new date in every city. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, it? So it's kind of like a, a geek dinner, only not really geek. Well, you could geek if the woman's a geek, but, you know, plan like dates for every city or hookups. Yeah, the best I could do probably is to talk about OPML in every city. <laughs> oh, my God. No, wait. Okay, now here's... We, we're, we're but that actually, by the way, gets an interesting type of, of, you know, whatever. I mean, gets you an interesting type of date. I have to be careful, you know, about like getting certain... People too aggravated about what I say, but um, but librarians love RSS and they love HTML, you know, and all this technology we're doing. It actually isn't, you know. There's sort of a yin and a yang, and there's the techie side, which you know guys tend to gravitate to, and then there's the knowledge side, which you know our, our female counterparts. When Ponzi went to set up the party at the Seattle Public Library for Gnomedex, they had no idea what blogging was. Really? Yeah, I was floored. They didn't know about blogging or podcasting. But they do know about RSS. They have RSS feeds. Do uh, they? Yeah, I had a link to it a couple of days ago. They have actually extensive RSS support. Awesome. The Seattle Public Library. You can subscribe to your own queue of books. You know, and I'm a, I have oh. a Seattle Public Library card. It's a very computerized, you know, library. It's, you know, uh, and uh, so you can get a, it will dump a little thing into your into your feed when you when your books are due. Wow! If you requested it, yeah, it's exactly what you know. I thought you'd like that. That's interesting. So yeah, they're not totally clueless. On the other hand, try to find it on their website. <laughs> exactly. And you you'll be looking for a long time. They did make it easy. I needed to sign up for a card. Well, I wanted to just to say I had a library card, and they made it really simple to do it all online. Yeah. Yeah. That whole process. Well, it, it is a new library, and they, they are in Seattle, and funded by Paul Allen, basically, I think. Uh, okay, so. so wait, let's back up here. You you talked about librarians. Yeah. And uh, and knowing them. Is your last girlfriend a librarian? Well, I don't think I'm not going to comment on that one. not commenting. <laughs> Darn. Is, you know, we can talk later if you want. <laughs> not, not we're like... I'm going. To, I'm going to have to warn. I should have warned you that Ponzi asks these kinds of questions. You don't have to warn me. I knew it, and I li- and I like it. It's cool. It's not a problem. 
Did, did you ever see the uh, the photo that uh, I took uh, of you two sitting at um, the place that we met at when you were in Seattle? Uh, in front no, of the... I never did. Huh? I posted it on Flickr. I'll have to resend the link to you. In fact, I'll probably use that in this in this particular entry. I like the other one better, the one that you took of, of me and Dave in the airport, which he probably doesn't even remember. I think that was like the first time I met you, Dave. No, it wasn't the first time you met me. Was um, it? No, we no, I don't think so. Insane. Maybe it was. I no. met you at the dinner uh, around Search oh, Champs, yeah, where you right. basically checked me out to find out if I was the monster everybody was telling you I was. That's true. And, and, and I, <laughs> I, I, I seem to recall I passed the test. So. Do, do you know how Ponzi <laughs> describes you? No. She, and she says this to everybody and anybody. If your name gets mentioned, she'll yeah. she'll she'll put this cute face on. She'll say, "He's just a big teddy bear. You just want to hug him and squeeze him and love him and call him like, George." That's what I like about Ponzi. She has such good taste in people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Well, I mean, you think I'm kidding, but I'm not. I I I really felt drawn. I don't know, whatever. It's, you know. Yeah. Because she got that I'm not the monster. Nobody yeah. thinks that. I mean, there is this whole thing now. This uh, guy Brian, um, get the name of the website. He's got this campaign called Let's Thank Dave for what he's done. You know, and uh, I don't know. I'm not the kind of guy who shirks it. It's gratitude. I like being appreciated. It's nice that when people do that. And, um, I just think there was a fair amount of jealousy around for quite some time, and and, uh, and you know, but I think that's over now. I really do. I think that basically uh, uh, a lot of the things people were trying to do pushed me out. You know, it didn't work. I'm still here. Yeah. Well, it's kind of hard to, to change that kind of momentum. Of, it uh, is. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, no, I certainly appreciate the, uh, the the foresight that you had to push. Well, in fact, this is the story that I tell, Dave. When I talk about Gnome decks the way it is today, I always think back to the first one we did in 2001, and I think, Scoble was still working with you, or for you, at the yeah. time, and he was showing off Radio Userland up on stage, talking about blogging, talking about RSS, and of course the crowd is like, huh? What the fuck is that? Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. And so... I'm sorry, what the bleep is that? Yeah, see, there you I, go. No, I can go back, <laughs> trust me, I've time, I've already marked it on the time, I've, <laughs> I've got to go back and change it. And we're, we're trying to keep this as family friendly yeah, as humanly sorry, possible. Really, it's okay. Ponzi slipped out. She's going to. I think she wants to take on Don and Drew. Oh my goodness! Oh well, yeah. You're going to be doing some bleeping there. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Uh, I've been taking on. I don't. Well, you know, you asked me before what I thought. I love Don. They're great. And, I don't even know. know who they are, so I, I definitely want to check out the show. I've just well, heard the name here. Well, it was talking to me, you know, many many years ago when I first moved to San Francisco that. You can be both dirty and wholesome at the same time, you know, and uh, and you can. And there's nothing unwholesome about sexuality, and that's uh, they they pretty much prove it. I mean, this is a you know they're a really sweet couple, uh, but you know they talk about things the couple talk about, and they do it you know with the microphone on for everybody here. So it's uh, no, you know, I'm really they're, interested. <laughs> and they're very interesting. I'm sure you would like it, and I'm sure you would like them too. I mean. I can't uh, even kiss Ponzi in a shoe store, let alone get her to talk about anything. Are you sure about that? She seems like she would like public display of affection. Do I? Because actually, I don't. I, under- I don't understand how we can sit across from each other. Chris and I can sit across from each other for like eight hours a day. 
working yeah. and he doesn't like roll over and get smoochy or anything. But then if we go out shopping, I can be in the middle of the aisle and he'll come up and decide <laughs> he wants to kiss me there. And I'm like, here now? Why? In front of everybody? Why? Really? <laughs> well, that's a surprise. It's the women's shoes. I've always found that women were much less squeamish about public displays, displays of affection than, than men are. I mean, really? Men, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've always been surprised. Well, well, I think Pons- you would like that if I did tell you stories like that, right, Pons? I would. Those are the stories I want to hear about, Dave. I know, but you know. See, I'm going to have to all steal right. you away when you're in Seattle one day and just take you off and hear all the good stuff that you don't tell anybody else. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> She'll have a, a lapel mic. I mean, listen, these people won't talk to me anyway. So your ex girlfriends, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't think we wanted. Anyway, let's not go there. Okay, so yeah. Ponzi, you can switch the subject now. I won't push you on that it's one. It's your responsibility. Switch the subject. Why is it my responsibility to switch the subject? Oh, here we go. So now we're arguing in front of you, Dave. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. That makes it, you know, what couple does not. Okay, so Here's I have why. a question. What's the difference between women on the East Coast, the West Coast, and then you have to also put in Southern women? Because Southern women are definitely different. Oh, that's yeah. for sure. Um, well, they are. I think they are. Um, let's see. Well, you know, the thing about, you know, like I lived in Silicon Valley for 22 years, something like that. And it wasn't until, like, I lived there for 20 years that I learned that the male to female ratio is something like, you know, there are 10 men for every one woman. Whoa. You know? so, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, how can, I mean, that's an exaggeration, but it's really unbalanced. You know, mm-hmm. and so, you know, you basically, how can you talk about them if you never meet them, right? <laughs> there just aren't a whole lot of them out there. Um, East Coast, uh, you know, people on the East Coast in general are more direct, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which I like. Um, on the West Coast, sort of like, there's this, an almost an obsession with being politically correct and masking what you really think. And, you know, but sort of telegraphing it. So sometimes it's hard to tell somebody like a Republican or a Democrat, or but although you know there are subsections of the culture like the gay and lesbian, uh, you know, culture where it's not hard to find out what people think. They generally will tell you. But uh, and then in the South, surprise, there is such a thing as Southern hospitality, there and is. Uh, and it's real. I mean, you know, and I'd forgotten about it. I went to college in New Orleans, and uh, that's deep South, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the part of Florida that I'm in, you know, people in the rest of the South tend to sort of look down their nose at Florida and say, well, you know, it's not really the South, but the place, this part of Florida, Northeast Florida around, around Jacksonville is very much the South. And, uh, um, and you know, there's, it, it, you know, it's a red state, uh, you know, highly Republican, uh, and, you know, but the thing is that people are very polite and they're very considerate and, they're, you know, there's hospitality to it. You know, there yeah. are rednecks around, and they're not nice. Mm-hmm. And you know, they drink a lot, they drive really fast, and they're the, they're sort of like what people think the South is like. Now, how would you characterize Dave, uh, someone who say they were interviewing you on the phone and they were doing their nails at the same time? How would I characterize that? Yes, <laughs> as Ponzi, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, multitasking, okay? If I were IMing and doing it, it'd be okay. But because it's my nail totally okay. and on the, on the uh, phone, it's not. I got busted. Okay, give her a hug now, Chris, all right? 
No, he doesn't get a hug after that. <laughs> you can see her. That's pretty nasty. Her, her her face looks about as red as the polish she just wiped off. Really? That's kind of hard to imagine. Now, you're from the South, right, Ponzi? Right? You're from North Carolina. I am. Born and yeah. raised. So can you talk with the Southern drawl? Yes. Why, yes, I can, Dave. Well, you, just, you see, I'm getting it back now, y'all. I have, uh, um... Ed Rogers Cadenhead, he's one of my neighbors here, who actually wrote the only book about Radio Useland. And it's just a total coincidence that he was like 10 minutes away from me. <laughs> How cool is that? And it is cool. And in my defense, um, he said to somebody after Nashville, because I went in the last, the last session that I ran before Gnome Deck was a session at a conference called Blog Nashville. Ah, yes. kind of melted down a little bit. Not as bad as it sounded on the blog world, not even close. Um, so part of the whole discussion was whether, you know, what are Dave's credentials as a Southerner? And I, I'm not a Southerner. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I never claimed that I was. I was born and raised in New York City, lived in California. Uh, you know, last place I lived before this was in Boston, crying out loud. I mean, that's definitely Yankee territory, not Southern territory. But Roger said, you know, he knows how to order tea. And <laughs> knows how to say, order what? I'm sorry? The tea. You say unsweet. Tea. That's I right. Say, what kind of tea do you want? I want unsweet tea. And then he's beginning to get the, the y'all part down. <laughs> he can almost do it. Okay, I'm about and, to ask the questions to see if you really know. Okay. Oh, Here we go. Do you know what a hose pipe is? A what? Ponzi. A what? A hose a pipe. Have you ever heard of a hose pipe? A hose pipe? A hose pipe. Pipe. As in a hose pipe. Oh, is there something you put on the end of or something like that? No, maybe that's no. a North Carolina thing. It's a garden hose. That's what they call a garden hose. They call them a hose pipe. They call wow. them a hose pipe. And that's now, a garden hose. Wow, that's funny. I don't know if it's just a southern thing or a Ponzi thing, but she'll call it a hot water heater. <laughs> What's wrong with a hot water heater? Because you don't need to hot, heat hot water. Oh, that's kind of redundant. <laughs> 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 And then she oh, also she'll also say, "I need to dethaw something." I'm like, why the hell would you dethaw something? You, oh, why would you freeze goodness. it? Uh, now you pull all my little southern quirks. I don't know if it's southern or if it's just they do stuff like that in the south. They don't even they don't care. And if you were to correct them on it, they would go, "Who the, who, who the bleep does he think?" You're right. Yeah. They go ballistic. <laughs> Some Yankee. Whatever, you know. See, what what has to happen for Ponzi to really go into her whole southern drawl is she has to be talking to someone from the south. And she has to yeah. hear that accent. And she'll just like, I can tell when she's spoken with her mother because she'll yeah. come back and say, Chris, you won't believe this. Oh, right. my God. It's not Yeah, you do pretty well, too, Chris. Oh, you sound a little, like, fruity there. Because that's my uh, impersonation of Ponzi when she gets off the phone with somebody from the south. You know what? It's so funny, though. If I get on the phone with my, my grandmother, who I call my Molly, my Mama and my Papa. Have you heard that yet? No. Uh-huh. They call their grandparents Mama and Papa in the South. But if I get on the phone with them and if, I've, if I'm in a hurry, like during business hours or something, if I get off the phone really quick and say bye, that's it. Like, that's it. You know, the, the conversation's over. My grandmother will call back about 10 minutes later and say, Ponzi, are you mad at me? Because when you <laughs> yeah, hang up on the right. phone, when you hang up on the phone with someone in the South, it's it's literally about five minutes. It takes five minutes to say right. goodbye because you have well, to... everything is slow. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, and and when I come back from New York, like I do go to New York fairly frequently. That's because it's nice. I can do that. I can almost commute. 
you can almost get from here to New York in like two hours. Um, really? Know? Yeah. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, but when I come back, then it's like, oh god, everything's so slow, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, it doesn't take that long to get acclimated to it, um, and then you realize slow is necessarily that bad. You know? How's right. the? Uh, why are you in such a hurry? I guess would be the question. You know, where do you have to be and what do you have to do? Oh, I've checked my email. Exactly. <laughs> I gotta see if there's anything in my aggregator that I need to post my blog, right? <laughs> and how many southerners turn, southerners turn around and look at you with this puzzled look, like, "What the heck did he just say?" They don't know too much about blogs, and that's True. that's kind of nice, actually. I was gonna say that's probably one reason where why they I like don't it. know what you do. You know, right? It's not bad. And of course, this is a generalization. It's not, you know, to to put a qualifier on it. I mean, because if anybody is blogging in Florida from the South, oh no, I mean, oh, they are. Are you kidding? And that's the other thing is that there's an intellectual side to this. Everywhere you live, there are there are people that are you know work, you know, knowledge workers, doctors, accountants, and lawyers, and professors, whatever. And they do the same things wherever they are. You know, they're they're reading. They've got great a great library here, um, you know. And I go there. I was just there today. You now, like seeing your librarian girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. That's how I support with the librarian. Closet. You got my number. <laughs> you figured me out like in no time at all. Dave, yeah, Dave's, because Dave's, think about it. They're they're incredible women. You know, they're they're intelligent. So they, is it true they, what they say about librarians? That's what I say about them. I mean, <laughs> They, well, I they don't like know. Wait, to help people. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. what do they say about librarians, Ponzi? What, they like the Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> no, if you don't know, then you can't ask. Well, yes, I can. <laughs> Go down to the library and check it out. If when I, was the last time you were at the public library? Oh, I still remember. Well, you went to Seattle Public Library. That counts. I went to, well, I, I w- walked through the Seattle Public Library a few weeks ago. and That's oh, a pretty hard walk, you know. I know, but man, it was... That was an amazing experience. The architecture in that building yeah. is just... Yeah. You want to get someone interested in architecture, you send them to the Seattle Public Library. It, yeah, it, it, I amazing. found it a little off-putting, actually. You didn't yeah. like it? Really? Well, I liked it. It wasn't that I didn't like it. I did. But it wasn't welcoming. It wasn't like the kind of library that I like to go to. You know? So would you rather have the musty smell of old books and microfiche? Sure. I, well, no, I, you can keep the microfiche, and frankly, I don't really need the book. But uh, So wait, you know, wait, wait, wait. If you don't like those two things, why do you go to the library? Because for those hot librarians. He's already yeah, told exactly. you that four times. Ponzi, I'm going to say something else, but Ponzi knows the real reason. Okay? You, know, you can just ask her, she'll tell you. But no, I mean, these days, first of all, you want free Wi-Fi? Yeah. Go to the library. That's for sure. Wherever you go. You can get online at the library, and they don't charge you for it. It's free. So that's, that's maybe reason number one to go, if you're traveling, especially if you're traveling. I mean, every you know city has a library. It doesn't matter. And the librarians care about the Internet. So, you know, if you go to the library, maybe they haven't heard about blogs yet, but they, they know certainly about online cart catalogs, and they have websites and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they also have CDs, and they have DVDs, and they have books on CDs. I so mean, you, there's all these different media. Remember your media types, right? I mean, yeah. It's not all just about print now, right? So. Well, that's my my next question. Do you still think there's a place for the library? I mean, with of all course. this. Oh, absolutely. more than so than ever. As a commons or as a repository? Would you say library or librarian? 
Okay, library. <laughs> oh my god. You know, people are just tuning out in droves, you know, every time we do. But uh, absolutely. Because the thing is is that I mean if you look at in all seriousness, I mean if you look to see how much information we use today versus what we used ten years ago, it's gone way, way up. I mean what we used to consider information overload is just the beginning of information overload today, right? We are constantly inventing new ways to consume more information, right? And we and, and even at that we want more. Okay. There's all kinds of things we think of, well geez, wouldn't it be good if we had this or that? I mean that's what sort of the RSS culture is all about, right? I mean it's like thinking of new kinds of ways information can work for us, right? So whatever you want to call them, okay, whether you call them librarians or information architects or, or people who are experts, they're the experts at what we do. They're the ones that understand how information works. And, you know, it's really it's been interesting. I went on a mail list so we had a conference at Harvard uh, in January called the Web uh, called Web Blog Credibility and Journalism, something like that. Blogs, journalism, and credibility. And so they had people from the blogging world, and they had people from you know the print publishing world. Uh, one of the guys there was uh, you know, Jimmy Wales from Wikipedia, and we're so now we're having a discussion on this mail list that started from the conference about whether Wikipedia is any good or not, you know. And, uh, and so I'm sort of taking the position that, you know, it's been oversold and it's great, you know, uh, expectations set way too high for this thing. It's nowhere near as good as people say it is. Well, and, especially yeah. since I, I've recently heard that, at least at one point, your name was edited out of the podcasting history. Well, that was what I used as an example, okay. You know, that, um, that you know, if you, you know, if they... It's not to say that the professionals don't do stuff like that. They do, you know. But did Wikipedia solve a problem there? And the answer is not in that case. And it's just as subjective to the, you know, the the, the prejudices and interests, conflicts of interest that people writing for it have. Um, but what was really fascinating was when this discussion came out, how much I got in private email from information from librarians, basically, saying, you know, we don't dare say stuff like that. But the fact is that the quality of information in Wikipedia is way, way lower than what we are comfortable with. And um, and so, you know, they're around just right now, just like open source was sort of a way to say programmers had, you know, outlived their usefulness. Uh, Wikipedia is kind of saying the same thing about libraries and librarians, but it's just as not true about that, about them, as it was not true that open source meant the end of programmers, uh, you know, and that was a kind of unfortunate thing that happened there, which set us back quite a bit, you know. I'm not against, people always assume when I say stuff like this that I'm against open source, but I'm not. Uh, I'm a proponent of it, I've invested heavily in open source. It's just that, you know, I learned from the great football coach Bill Walsh that you want to set expectations reasonably, you don't want to overpromise. Uh, that way, if you win, it looks good, you know, but if you say, well, we've just, you know, cured every disease known to mankind, and then when two years later it turns out, well, you didn't actually do it, then where are we left, you know? It's better to set the expectations reasonably. Well, I certainly... Yeah. So to answer your question, we need everybody that's working on this stuff to be working on. You referenced, obviously, RSS, and go figure, a conversation between you and me. <laughs> what, yeah. RSS coming on, what the hell? 
Um, do <laughs> so you thank see... God Ponzi's here, otherwise we, that's all we would talk about, but right? It's, it's funny to hear Ponzi explain RSS to people. Yeah, how does she explain it? The way I explain RSS? Like how you explained it to your aunt and uncle the f- one of the first times they came over here. Um, when I think of RSS, I think of a way, uh, I think of it as, instead of you going to the net and trying to figure out what you want to go look up, you go to your inbox and all the things that you love are automatically there. Mm-hmm. So you sign up for, you know, information that you like and then it brings the net to you instead of you going out to look up. Yeah, that's there. perfect. That's the way I explain it. Do you? I have a three-word three explanation that... Uh, it is just basically that it's automated web surfing. Uh-huh. And the keyword, the keyword you used in your explanation was automated. That it that it automates something that you do manually, which is you know that's what computers do. Per, I, I I always explain it, especially when talking about searching using RSS or having RSS deliver results. I usually say pervasive. So once you set up a search feed, the information automatically comes to you instead of it being an invasive procedure where you have to right. do it over and over and over again. Right. Um, that makes sense. My question, in a broader sense, and you kind of spoke to this at some point a few minutes ago, do you see RSS as a lingua franca of sorts of data interchange, not only because of the branding it's achieved over, let's say, competitors, if you would consider RDF or at least 1.0 or Atom, to a certain degree, do you see RSS 2.0, that space, being the building blocks for what we see for simple data interchanges, uh, at least for, for now, or for the foreseeable future? Well, first of all, I don't see that there's a distinction between, you know, RSS and, and, and Adam. I don't think that they're the same thing, basically. I don't think there's anything that Adam does that RSS doesn't do, and vice versa. Well, um, you're not the only person to say that, too, by the way. Right. So the distinction is, right, I'm, well, I think that it's just it's obvious on its face that, you know, they're, they're designed to do the same thing, basically. So I don't make the distinction. Um, and I don't, you know, I think that we'd be better off if we were, like, inclusive. You just said, fine, okay, there are a variety of ways of saying the same thing. And, you know, who cares whether that's good or bad? It's just the way it is, right? Um, and, you know, the, the answer is kind of whether or not, I don't know whether it's going to turn out that way because, uh, RSS has limits and, and the limits are, mean, mean that it's really, really good for news. For, if there's new stuff, then you can model it really well with RSS. Um, however, it doesn't do a great job with, say, for example, doing you know, a top 10 list or a top 100 list. Like, if you wanted the New York Times bestseller list to be an RSS feed, you know, that would be okay, I guess, except most of the programs that read it wouldn't do the right thing with it. In other words, there's nothing significant, particularly, about a new book coming on the list or falling off the list. What is significant is this is a collection of books that are on the list at any moment in time. And for that... There are other formats, you know, that are better suited for doing that. And, you know, what I'm thinking of is OPML, of course. Um, and, you know, then the question is, and I've, you know, heard this discussed both ways, uh, is, you know, would we be better off just saying, okay, let's make RSS do what OPML already does, 
or should we just say that OPML is part of the RSS family of formats, which is kind of where I'm coming down. It's saying, look, you don't have to worry too much about whether this is RSS or not. If you're a user, yeah. you know, you're thinking in terms of RSS doing this, and that's okay, no problem. I'm not going to argue with you about it. You know, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, there's a softness to the way non-techies look at this stuff that's just fine, there's no problem, you know. Let's just understand what what we mean when we're talking about this, that there may be need for other features that aren't present in RSS that would be good for representing what I think of as knowledge as opposed to news. Well, you know, there's lots of news in the world, but there's even more knowledge. Ultimately, what you're talking about is making it the aggregator's responsibility to take these formats and present them in the way they were designed to be presented, Correct. Well, I think that there'll be more aggregators, okay? I don't think, I think the, the crop of aggregators we've got right now uh, are good for news, and there's going to be a coalescing of that market. There'll be what, you know, what they call a shakeout. You yeah. know, there'll be fewer of those in a year, fewer the year after that. And, uh, and then there'll be room for lots more tools that are good for managing XML-based data. Well, I mean... I can tell you from my experience, for instance, Ponzi has Plaxo with, with Outlook that allows her to automatically get the latest information mm-hmm. from somebody if they either have a Plaxo account or if they want to fill out a form. It'd be much more convenient to subscribe to like a FOF, I mean, for the lack of any other better standard that's out there, some type of identifying file that they've allowed you to see and to subscribe to that so that you've always got the latest information no matter where you right. are, sure. It, it, and to me, it, it seems that it would be the aggregator's responsibility to take that data in a, an XML format and make it so that it's it's usable by the user. Well, mm, you're way over my head. Yeah. Well, first, tell me what OPML is in in simple terms, like how you've explained RSS. Okay. Well, it's good for lists of things. Um, so if you want, like, if you want to do the top ten list or top one hundred list, New York Times bestsellers mm-hmm. uh, by category, then you could easily do that because you can have lists within lists within lists, any number of levels deep that you want. Okay, so that's one application that it already does because basically it's the standard way of exchanging lists of descriptions in RSS. So if you were using like one aggregator and you decided you wanted to switch to another. What you would do is that's how you would transfer your subscription from one program to another. That's the format that they read. Um, another application where OPML is becoming really popular is uh, um, the directory of podcasting uh, content and, and tools for podcasting. Uh, the what's called the iPodder.org directory is uh, um, is an OPML directory and. Uh, so what that means is, is that, um, you know, let's say you're the specialist on, uh, you know, on podcasts from the state of North Carolina, um, and I'm putting together a directory with the podcasts from the United States. What I might do is say, okay, let's incorporate Ponzi's North Carolina directory inside of mine at the place where, you know, North Carolina would be, and then I just don't have to worry about it. That's basically you're going to take care of that. And so what OPML gives you the way to do is sort of glue these things together. And that in the knowledge that you're representing, what matters 
more than what changed, which is what's important in RSS, it's what's the relationship of one thing to another. How do these little bits of data relate to each other? What's subordinate to another? What links to another? Um, and, uh, and then, therefore, the tools that you use for creating them have to be very good at reorganization and, and at, at giving you a different ways of looking at things. So uh, you know, it's hard to explain without having seen it because just the same way it would have been hard to explain what RSS was about in 1999 when I started working on that. So um, we're, we're kind of, at, in a way, we're at the beginning of OPML because there hasn't been a tool uh, yet that, that, that worked with it. Or there have been, but they've just really not been popular. Uh, of course, you know, it's not a major secret that that's what I'm working on right now. And that's what I'll be demoing at Snowdex uh, so uh, later like this a, week. Is it like a Dewey Decimal System for RSS? Yeah, well, that's not a bad way of looking at it. But it's not, it's, it's, an, it's, it's one level more meta <laughs> in the sense that you could use it to design the Dewey Decimal System for RSS. And so who would create the subcategories? Like how you would. Each person would create their own. Pretty much, yeah. That's then, right. That's mm -hmm. like everybody creates their own websites, too. Those are called blogs. Right. You know, we didn't all decide to create, to work on the same website. Had we tried to do that, it would have failed miserably. And, uh, but yet that's exactly what we tried to do with directories, you know, with uh, Yahoo and Gmaz uh, and, you know, a handful of others. The podcasting directory structure that has worked a lot better because it, there is no central pop node to it. it. It can be reorganized, restructured a billion different ways, and it is being restructured in a billion different ways. Well, a billion would be an exaggeration, but by the time we're done, it'll be a billion. I think Ponzi wants to talk about librarians again. <laughs> that would be good. Actually, I want to know, what are your favorite podcasts? Do you listen to some daily I, you know, I come and go. Um, I would say, you know, my favorite by far are uh, IT conversations. IT conversations. Um, okay. Yeah, How about any personal yeah. ones? I don't really go for that. No. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not, I, you know. It's all about work. It's not about work, exactly. It's like I listen to podcasts as sort of a substitute for NPR. Yeah. I'm also okay. an avid NPR listener, and I love history. You know, I'm a history buff. I read books about, you know, all kinds of stuff about history. And, I mean, so, like, when I listen to podcasts, uh, it's generally, like, when I'm going for a walk or when I'm driving. I'm mm -hmm. getting exercise or I'm going someplace. And, um, or on an airplane or in the airport or whatever. Um, and what I like is I like to be informed. So it's not work for me. Being informed is not work. Mm -hmm. that's, that's how, that's recreation for me. <laughs> how about I just television? like to learn stuff. I have a brain that likes to learn, that's all. You know? How about television and cable? Do you have any like favorite shows that you watch? Yeah, well, The West Wing is my favorite. I don't even have oh, to hesitate sweet. about that one. I'm a West Wing addict. Um, and other than that, I don't watch a whole lot of TV. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, would you ask about radio or cable? Yeah. How about oh, the History Channel? What? Do you like the History Channel or the Science Channel? No. No. Let me tell you, Dave. Because I don't think there's a whole lot of history and science on those channels. <laughs> you, you know what? You're you're probably 100% correct. It's more entertainment. Have it you is. ever, I don't know, if, if do you have any premium subscriptions? 
Yeah. If, I used to, but I live you know, I live in rentals now. I don't I don't live anywhere persistently. What did you say? You didn't say persistently. You said uh what was the word you used, Chris, for your subscription? Uh Pervasive. I, I'm not pervasive. pervasive. Yes. Yeah. Uh, not proactive, <laughs> pervasive. Um, if you did, uh, probably a show you would enjoy, both for entertainment value and just for perspective, is, is Penn & Teller's show on Showtime. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, they're funny. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a really, it's one of those that I, I, I have to see every time they release one. It's, it's just very unique. What's the name of that show again? I can't say it on the air because <laughs> it's, it's BS, basically, only spelled out the full way. And, uh, uh, that's it, the name of the show. Yes. Yeah. Well, oh, we used to have that was funny because I used to have a thing that I started in Silicon Valley. It was called the Silicon Valley Bleep Hole Club. Yeah. Really? And it was designed that so that it could never be written about in the paper. And the reporters would always say, "Well, how can I write about this?" I said, "That's the point. You can't." <laughs> you know, we get our and our major function was we had a parade. <laughs> God, <laughs> you had to be there. <laughs> well, that's a uh, you know Ponzi and I only watch and, and listen to things kind of in the background. Very seldom are we paying attention to something, and if we are, it's usually a movie. Yeah, yeah, I love movies. Yeah. Tonight I'm going to watch Twenty One Gram. Haven't seen that. We've got it on our on demand, but yeah, what, I haven't seen that. I, I it? have seen it. Let's do the second time. It's kick ass. What's it about? What's it about? It's a uh, yeah. Several stories in one, is If it? I tell you what it's about, they'll, like, totally forget it. Okay, so we, so we have to, we have to watch it then. I would think, it's, what's great about it is it's phenomenal acting, and it's got a, it's got a twisty, intelligent plot to it, but it's phenomenal acting. Sean Penn. Sean Penn oh, can be Sean great, Penn. and yeah. this is Sean Penn being great. Mm. Yeah. So Sean Penn in... His early days or later years, great. Mr. Later River years, was so. great. It's a current picture. It was like came out a year ago or so. Which one? Twenty one gram. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you've seen it. So what that means is that's Obviously. supposedly the weight of the human soul. Because when somebody dies, their weight goes down by twenty one gram. Do you believe in the soul, Dave? I hope there's a soul. I really do. I just had this thought the other day. Is it's like you know, you go through all this like when you just called Michigas, uh, which roughly translates means like dirty crap that you go through in life. That um, that if if there isn't like a soul to this whole thing, that why put us through all this? <laughs> why do we have to go through all these trials and tribulations if all there is, you know, to life is just you know, what we got right now? So, I, what would you? I hope s- there's more to it. What would you say then? If if you do believe in a soul, what would no, you say? No, he didn't answer the question. Wait a minute. We have to stop that rewind. What? He did answer the do question. Do you believe? You said no. He said he hopes that there is. Well, that's, see, I think that's, you know, I'm Jewish, okay? And that's oh, Jewish, very okay. much the Jewish answer, okay? Uh-huh. Is religious as Jews ever, that's about as far as they go into acknowledging whether or not there is an afterlife, whether there is a God, whether, and it's a very rational, you know, culture. Now, I, I wouldn't say religion. It's not really a religion, you know. Um, is that we don't claim to know, you know? And I think that's, I think that's strictly rational. Um, are you there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm getting a beat. Somebody's calling, but yeah, it's like rational. How would you know if there's anything to life after death? You've never met anybody who came back, have you? I mean, well, 
I, I, I did, but you uh, did? yeah. <laughs> Come on, Chris. That's a different this podcast. Your, this is your TV persona <laughs> kicking in now. Yeah, just a little. No, I, I you know, I, I think it's. I'm much, you know, in, in that in that vein. Uh, I, I'm I'm kind of the same way. I would hope there is, but I could not prove nor could I disprove. Uh, and would certainly hope that everything that I'm working towards is, is for for a, either a greater good or for if you want to call it karma or you know what goes around comes around. Yeah. You know. Uh, well, that said, you have to live for the moment. You have well, to, like, you know, make make the right decision for right now, and and don't worry so much about tomorrow because that may never happen. You know, those are also but the you know nobody I don't know Ponzi and I can't claim. I don't. I don't have this belief. I, you know, that that I just don't have it. You know. Have you? I gotta now. We're on the subject of television and now souls. I'm reminded, and I, this is probably not a show that you've seen either. HBO has a series called Six Feet Under. I love oh, that show. Oh, of course. I love it. It's a great show. I'm very saddened that this is their last season that we're going into now. But in one of the episodes, and I don't know if this was last year's or the year before, but in one of the episodes. It starts out with someone dying. It always does. Always does, yeah. But right. there's it, it's the beginning of the episode, and people are uh, – it's this, this company that makes toys, like like blow-up dolls, toys. Uh-huh. And they apparently – I think they're going to some kind of party, and they have to fill up these, these naked people basically with uh, – naked dolls, I should say, with helium. So they float. And so they're driving, they're they're uh, they're driving around in the truck or whatever. And then off in the distance, there's this woman, and they portray her as very religious. You know, she's got a cross in the car, you know, the Jesus and everything. Very, very religious, very devout. You can just tell this from the character and the way they build it, and just you know, the first time you see her, first impression. Well, this truck with the dolls, actually, something accidentally like, let's go. And so all of a sudden, you see in the distance these people, like seemingly people, floating up to the sky. Well, if you're familiar with certain Protestant point of view, it's something called the rapture. Mm. And the rapture is when basically you, you ascend into heaven, basically, you know, just you, whatever you're That's doing. That's what you, she thought she was with. Yes. And so she jumps out of the car. She's like, yes, yes. Jumps out of the car and runs out into the middle of the street. And that's, she dies <laughs> because yeah. sex toys are flying up into the sky. That's and six feet under. There's the irony of it, right? It's so, I, but six it's, it's, under's great. yeah, it, but it's that whole the notion of, you know, living in the moment and not, you know, looking so far ahead that you forget about where you're at. And and sometimes if you get, forget about where you're at, you're going to end up getting smushed by a car. Yeah. And, well, it, I, I figured that's what's going to happen at the end. But, you know, it's not going to be a happy ending. Well, you always lose. See, that's what, that's why, that's another, I do have philosophy, okay? That's one of them, is that, you know, we're all losers. So forget about trying to be a winner. In the end, you lose. You can't help it. That's so sad. God. Well, but it's true. That's such a pessimistic point of view. It's not that sad, Ponzi. It's not. Because the point is don't put so much stock in winning. You know what I mean? People do such crazy things, awful things, to win, right? You know, there's a guy who's got $10 million in the bank. He will do anything to get $15 million. Well, that's crazy. But that's not necessarily winning. I mean, it's not winning. It's you can't win. Forget it. I that mean. kind of winning just isn't available. Life isn't like that. You can win in a lot of ways, right. but it's not right. I'm not saying that hugs aren't wonderful and that love isn't great and that 
there aren't things that make me extremely happy that I love to do, right? Plenty now, of those things. You realize librarians who may want to date you are probably listening to this. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Got so, it. This is like a video uh, date. No, I can see no. him smiling now, and I, I can't even see him. <laughs> I think we know the perfect gift for Dave. It's anything that's got, like, the librarian motif, like, with no, women No, it would be an inflatable librarian. <laughs> Do they even make inflatable and, and librarians? he has to have glasses. He likes the women the, with the glasses. glasses or yeah. at the edge of their nose. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, because he can take them off. <laughs> hey, and, and I gotta—I remember this too. Did you see either? I don't know if you see or you caught this. Uh, I think it was either TBS or TNT had a, a show called The Librarian with Noah, Noah Wiley. Uh huh. I don't know if you remember that being advertised at all, but no. it, it was. Well, there was a big push. It was an original, I think, TNT movie. And in this movie, at the very oh, beginning, right. Noah is interviewing for a position of, of the librarian, and. The person in charge, who was played by Jane Curtins, asks him, well, what are your qualifications? And he starts rattling things off. Well, I can do Lexus ne- Nexus searches. I can do this, this, this. I can set up an RSS feed. He actually, he actually <laughs> says this. I've, I've, got a, I've got the WAV file or the MP3 file of this. I'll dig it up for you. Of course he does. No, it's a, I, I could not believe it when I heard that. <laughs> so RSS has now crept into the whole uh, It's ridiculous. Media. It's utterly ridiculous. Of course, it's, no one knows what's no. If anybody knew what Lexus Nexus was at this point, I'd be surprised. It's so ubiquitous. I mean, I you know, I, it's not uncommon for her to sneak up on me in some place where I wasn't expecting it. And there it is. You know, this has been the one thing in my life that really worked. <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah, that's fine. That's I'm not complaining. You know, There's I'm many happy. more to come. That's, yeah, yeah I think there are a few more to come. That's just the beginning. So it sounds. Well, I hope like, so. Yeah. It sounds like you're uh, you're kind of. Uh, well, we've been on for about an hour, and I, I want to make sure you eat something. Yeah, it's, it's getting pretty. Yeah. It's time to eat. to eat it before it gets soggy, right? Well, I like it soggy. That's it's a little fine. gamey. <laughs> gamey. What'd you get? You went. You get. You actually got Chinese, didn't you? What'd you get? What? Did you say you were at getting Chinese food? Yeah. Oh, what'd you get? What did I get? Um, <laughs> beef with broccoli, kung pao mm. chicken, and wonton soup. Yeah, that was actually the first time I met you, Dave, in person. We were eating with Scoble and his son Patrick at a oh, Chinese yeah. place in Palo Alto. Yeah, yeah, I remember that now. I remember that very well. Yeah, it was nice. We had a good time. I yeah, thought. it's very yeah. strange, very weird. What was weird? It was a strange. weird thing. Yeah. Well, when you read somebody for so long and then you meet them in person, they're the same, but they're different. Well, I felt the same way about you. I mean, I've been reading you for a long time. And- you know, you had that great TV show at the time, too. You were like a celebrity. You know? Yeah, right. I'm internet famous. TV, bro. <laughs> TV. Oh, TV. Dave, get this. And I'm sorry. I'll, I'll let you go after this. I just get, There's all these weird things happening. Um, there's a new show on ABC Family. And the, the, the main character is, is a girl. She's, apparently, she talks to horses or something. I don't know. I don't know the whole concept of the show. But her name, her character name. I, yeah, Tris something other. Chris Ferrillo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that in your blog. So yeah. people have actually, they, they say, I heard your name on the radio. I'm like, no, you didn't. Just trust me on this. <laughs> that must have pissed you off. So, right? Well, it's, if, if I was more famous, if I, I was more better known, it would be funny. But it's not yeah. because I'm, yeah. I'm like nowhere on the map of things. So now if I came out and said, but you know, I had that name long before this Stupid yeah, but character. you want to know something? I gotta tell you, I have a sadder story than that. Okay, 
I was at the in the drugstore the other day picking up a prescription, and they said, "What's your name? What's your last name?" I said, "Weiner." And the lady next to me breaks out and laughs. She says, "She says, and your wife's name is Wendy, right?" And I said, "You oh yeah, like I've never heard that one before." What Wendy? <laughs> Wendy? Weiner? You don't know that? Oh, it's great. Well, there was a Saturday Night Live kid. <laughs> it was called somebody and somebody Wendy Weiner, and what they used to do is fine. They'd go into places and they'd go, I don't want to leave. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> and so, God, I mean, everybody, wait, you know, if wait. I, God bless you that you don't know what that is. Wait, no, no. Was it Doug and Wendy Weiner? Yeah, that's it. I do know. I do know. I don't watch that show. And I so pretty much I think everybody that meets me <laughs> thinks that, okay? Oh, no. But oh, almost nobody. <laughs> so that's oh what I God. said. She says, well, I bet you're pretty angry. I said, yeah, you know what? I'm kind of accustomed to it. And then she says, you know, I says, well, you know, what do you think? I said, well, you're really annoying. And she went home you know? and, and she blogged it right away on her MSN blog. No, but did you read about Don Park and the Korean? And, and they, there was this woman who had this girl, actually. She had a dog, I think, was taking a whatever on number two on the subway in Seoul and some guy said to her you can't do that and she told him you know basically bleep off the old bleep and, um, no. and so then he went home and he blogged it he <laughs> took her picture he took a picture and, <laughs> and he oh. blogged it and the whole nation became galvanized she became known as the dog bleep girl <laughs> and they destroyed her life. Oh my god! Yeah, this is serious. This is like the wow. police state—a demo of what the internet is. We like to think it's so wonderful and everything, but it could be used to implement a police state. Wow! Whoa. This was scary. And Don, of course, you know Don Park uh, is Korean, and he reads Korean. You met him, Ponzi. He was drunk off his I butt. I know. I remember uh, Don. We he love was Don. Hilarious. Don is, He's Don so is great. hilarious. I love Don. Don has the sharpest sort of wit, you know, he's very sort of, you know, take no prisoners type humor, you know, but he really appreciates good people like Scoble. He said Scoble, uh, you know, was basically like the uh, dog in the Heisenberg uncertainty principle that, you know, you put him in the middle of something and he changes it, you know, like Microsoft. They should just, you know, he said what's obvious is that they should, like, let Scoble just be Scoble and the hell with all the other things like Walmart and, and tablet PCs. Channel Just let him blog, you know? Yeah, obviously, right? I agree. I think they're grossly underpaying him. Totally. Grossly. Well, I don't know what he makes. I don't either, but I can tell you it's not enough. I'm sure it's not enough. I can almost For all the hours that, that he works yeah. and all the hours that he blogs. No, it's and, not just the know. hours that he works. It's the soul that he puts into it. You know, a lot of people, you know, with a kid and alimony and, you know, all the, you know, like he has responsibilities. He really puts it out there. I mean, he really takes it, you know, and, and all because he's a true believer. You know? Right. Okay. That's, that's an amazing thing. Go, go eat your Chinese, Dave. And, okay. Uh, hey, listen, I really look forward to seeing you guys this weekend. Oh, really certainly. I appreciate the chance to be part of Nobdeck. It's going to be a great show. It, it'll be fun, and I can, I can guarantee this, this year is, is going to be half as fun as next year's. You aren't going to believe how big this is. Chris, I don't think you really know. <laughs> I I don't know everything, yeah. and I I almost don't want to know. I mean, that's the, hype, the best part. Yeah, but yeah. the hype is already. Surprised. Yeah, You'll the, be surprised, think, the hype know. is already kind of built up. I mean, as it is, I believe we have some weight to that hype. I mean, as far as weightiness. I think there are some things you don't know about. 
Oh. They're going to surprise you. Oh, boy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Boy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, well, Pretty I'll, sure about that one, yeah. We'll all find out together then. Woohoo! Yeah. Sounds fine. Absolutely. So, okay, guys. Thanks again, Dave. <laughs> okay. Good night. Bye. Night. The Chris Perillo Show is brought to you by Microsoft Windows Media. Download Windows Media Player 10 at Microsoft.com slash Windows Media.